Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, and I also want to say thank you to a couple of new friends of the podcast and newsletter. We got a contribution from friend of the show, Stacy. She donated to the cause to fight their itis. Thank you, Stacy. Also, thank you to new Patreon patron Amy from the Hunger Games Minute. Thank you for fighting their itis. If you like the podcast and or newsletter, you too can support us. Just go to thereitispod.com and click the support tab. There are a couple of options there for you to support us, and uh, we greatly appreciate that. Today's guest is super funny, and I miss her here in New York City. I had heard so much about her before actually getting to meet her because previous guest, the lovable Molly Kiernan, is good friends with her. And so I just kept seeing stuff on social media. And when I finally saw Meredith, I thought she was super funny, just stellar, really great. And I'm glad that we had this chat. Full disclosure, we spoke before even George Floyd's death and before the protests. So when we say things like, all of the things going on. We're just talking about COVID-related stuff. So just want you to know that before you jump in. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Meredith Paul. I had heard about you just on social media a bunch. Like, just people always saying, like, oh, here's a show I'm doing with Meredith Paul. Or, like, here's a show I did with Meredith Paul a long time ago. And then I finally saw you do a show. and was like, oh, she's hilarious. And, uh, and we, I told you that um, when we met. And, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. And then you moved. And then you left us uh, not too long after that. Um, so no fun for us here in New York that you're not performing here. But I right. assume good for you that you're closer to, <laughs> closer to your pals. Like Molly. Yeah. Um, love being near my pals. Um, love being out in L.A. It's definitely warmer. Mm-hmm. Um I, uh, LA is fun. There's a lot of cool stuff happening out here. So I'm definitely having a blast. Uh, that's good. I was having a blast before. Right. Before, before everything went crazy. Yeah. Stuff happened. Yeah. Are you from upstate New York? Where exactly are you from? I'm from Long Island, which is, okay. uh, as you know, close to New York city. Mm-hmm. where I grew up, I grew up on the South shore and then um, when I was in fifth grade, I moved to the North Shore. So huge cultural shift mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, for sure. Yeah, I've been south to like, Babylon. Yeah, Babylon's mm-hmm. on the South Shore in Suffolk County, which is my county. Okay. Um, it's actually not far from where I grew up in Patchogue. Okay, and I, it was nice to go out there. It took forever, but it was nice. <laughs> Yeah. It was nice. We enjoyed it. What were you out there for? We were out. Uh, it was for a play. A friend was in a play, and I hadn't 
seen her when she had performed before in the area. And so I was like, well, I'll take this opportunity, not realizing how far out it was. But it was a, it was nice to go out, you know, get out of the city and Do go out. Do you know what, what theater it was? Oh, I don't remember offhand, actually. Do you know if it was up a gateway? I don't know, actually. <laughs> that doesn't sound well, familiar. Well, that's a big community theater that I grew up near. And that's oh, okay. Did you... Acting classes. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Like, did you... Were you studying acting early on? Like, how did you get into performing? Yeah, so I grew up in Patchogue um, near the Gateway Playhouse, which is a big community theater. And I think they get... It's like summer stock, sort of, but not as, like, highbrow as I feel like that hmm. sounds... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they get a lot of like Broadway people and I, I started out taking acting classes there just like kitty acting stuff I think we did like Annie um, mm-hmm. Pepper for life um, <laughs> and I uh, I just always loved acting and like plays and everything and um, when I was in high school I always did our evening of comedy which was um, we would just like take SNL sketches and perform them <laughs> <laughs> We didn't, like, rewrite them or, like, write our own sketches. We would just straight up act out SNL <laughs> sketches. And I, my favorite story from that is, like, do you know the sketch The Bears? Yeah. We couldn't. That had to be cut from the show because we couldn't get through it because, like, the guys performing, I thought it was too funny. <laughs> they were, like, laughing so hard at The Bears that it had to be cut. That's that's so funny and uh so high school right you know like <laughs> guys laughing too hard at themselves um i remember the director was like a real hard ass and he's like if you guys can't get through the bears it's gonna be cut from the show and then it was <laughs> that's hysterical so so you've been performing and and doing in, in comedy since high school yeah, and then in college I did um, sketch as well at mm-hmm. Tufts uh, for my okay. first semester. But then I actually became obsessed with my sorority. I was vice president of my sorority. What and sorority? And then I got <laughs> I was in Chi Omega. Oh, Chi Omegas! Uh, I not- loved Chi Omegas at my school. They were oh, like chill boy. and fun to what hang out with. Did you go to? I went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and the Chi Omegas okay. were just like chill cool like you could hang with them and and there'd be like i don't know it was just always easy to hang out with them i feel like our reputation at tufts was being like um insane party girls that were like very uptight but also like insane and like uh, like drunken nightmares oh okay well i i I felt like i i was proud to uphold that i felt like (laughs) i represented that to see um yeah, so I kind of got sidetracked from comedy during college because I was obsessed with my sorority. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess I can sort of see. I mean, I'm not. I didn't previously think you were in a sorority, but you telling me that doesn't blow my mind either. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that a lot, and I don't disagree. <laughs> he, like, you see. I mean, and it's also true. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm now connecting dots. Hearing you say that you're in a sorority and these pictures I've seen on Instagram. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. She's a... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't help it. You can take the girl out of the sorority, but it doesn't really leave you. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, as much, there's, like, a lot of bad stuff about it. Um, but 
at the at its core, like I really do love like being with a bunch of women, and like female mm-hmm. friendships are like really essential to my life to this day and that's like really foundational to who i am yeah yeah you hate so, men i get it no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i do hate men so you don't forget about that <laughs> except for you except for me and then uh i guess i've seen it seems like there's one guy that hangs out with you and molly and you guys goof around a lot um I don't, oh andy i think i've seen him in a commercial Oh, yeah, he, like, is in every commercial. Yeah, yeah, I saw, like, because I only know him through your and Molly's Instagram. I'm like, who is this guy? And then one day, randomly, I was watching something online, like a Best Buy ad, maybe? And uh, some someone was in it. I was like, that looks like that guy that I have no idea who he is. Um, but he seems talented yeah. and funny. I just don't know him. And, um, and then he was just in some commercial. So I guess he you. I assume you don't hate him. Comedian. No, I don't hate him at all. <laughs> um, I think he's very talented, and he's in a lot of very funny commercials. Well, um, good, 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 yeah. good. So you graduate from college, and um, you end up in New York. And where do you start? Like, like comedy comes back in your life at some point. Was it when you actually? I graduated and I moved to San Francisco. Really? And then I, yeah. And San Francisco has, uh, as you probably know, a big stand-up scene. Um, yeah. That's where like a lot of people come out of there, like Ali Wong and like mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Robin and Williams, yeah. Um. Uh, and I actually just I had a job in tech there, and mm-hmm. I was really just I hated it. I it was I was not like fitting in with like that scene of like those kids and that life mm-hmm. at all and mm-hmm. I started doing I was like I remembered that I loved doing comedy so I started doing stand-up at night and I was like I just like loved it so much um and then I was like my family was in New York and I actually was still dating my college boyfriend who was in New York mm-hmm. So then I moved back to New York and I started taking class at UCB and uh, then I just really dove back in like full force uh, when I moved back. Okay. How long were you gone in San Francisco? Uh, like uh, two years. Probably. Oh, wow. A so year and a half. Wow. You had a stretch yeah. there. I didn't yeah. realize you did stand up at all because everything I've seen was improv or sketch or character based, it seems. Yeah, I don't really do it anymore. I always, like, think that I'm going to get back into it, but I I don't know. I just, I don't really do it anymore. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I mean, it's I good. Really thought about it. It's a good thing to do to learn how to be concise and to write, um, mm-hmm. write jokes. But, um, you know, you could still be a comedian and not do stand-up, much to many people, <laughs> mostly stand-ups, uh, uh, belief, but <laughs> much you know, much. I just feel like there's there's so much that we have to do that I never have time to do at all. No, that's for but sure. But I I would love to get back into it one day. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I hate and I never want to do again. It's just uh, I don't enjoy doing it in New York, and uh, I don't know, want to do other things. I guess right now, but I always yeah. have like my notes and my iPhone that I can throw some stuff in there, and I definitely want to like hone jokes again and and uh you know get to that did you 
in your stand up, like what was your approach? Did you do you think you found your voice when you did stand up or did that come later? Um well no. <laughs> I feel like it took way longer to find my voice. <laughs> I feel like I I'm still finding my voice, but uh Yeah, me too. When I did stand up I was just like on stage like screaming and I still am on stage screaming. That's like the only thing I ever do. But I was not in control of what I was doing at all and, and still not. But certainly wasn't then. Um, but I definitely was like, I really like this. And I wanted to figure out a way to do it more and be more in control. So, yeah. In terms of, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is your brand of of comedy like? Like when you sit down to write a sketch or a character piece, like what would you say is your voice? Um, I like things that are really weird. Um, my favorite shows are um, just really strange. Like I like Joe Para. I like Tim Robinson. I like Connor O'Malley. Those are just the mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or like. Three Busy Debras. I like, like, things that are a little gonzo. That's mm-hmm. my sensibility. <laughs> um, so when I try to write, I, like, aim for that ballpark. Yeah. Um, I don't always, I don't always obviously get there. Usually I'm just making no sense. <laughs> <laughs> were you someone in school, like, when you were coming up, were people saying you were funny? Or, like, were you always goofing around? Or, or yeah. how did, was that a part of your life? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was always, like, the weirdest person in my class. Um, I never was, like, a cool kid. I was always, like, in trouble for having ADD and, like, being crazy and, like, breaking stuff and, like, yelling. I always had, like, friends, but I just had so much energy. I was, like, a wild woman. Mm -hmm. So people thought I was funny, but not in, like, the way that I was, like, a class clown. They thought I was just, like, a freaking kookaloo, which I was. <laughs> when you are are putting something together now, what's your process that you go through? The reason I ask is that there there does seem to be a lot of spontaneity in your spirit on stage, and I wonder if that is how you write. Definitely, I write a, a lot with other people, and I think if they don't, if they're big planners, it can be either really good or really bad because they, I the way I write, I like find stuff as I go. Uh-huh. So either if I write with other people who like to play, it can be like hard to like, cause I don't like to write that way. Right. I have a general idea of like where I'm going and like what the story will be, but I like to like get surprised as I write. <laughs> is that, is that how you write? Um, I should be, I feel like I should be more organized than I am, but, um, when I've written stuff, like I'll have an idea and I'll sit down and I'll like try to knock it out. Or, like, at least just get the full thought out. And then, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, I'll kind of have an idea of where it should go. Um, and then, like, other stuff comes to me. Uh, like, I feel like I can have an idea and, and that idea will really spark an interest in sitting down to write. And I'll really want to mm-hmm. get that out and, and have high hopes of, of it being used somewhere. But then I'll write other things after that, like a couple more things, whether it's jokes or, or a couple of extra sketches. 
and I'll end up liking that last thing I wrote the most. Right. And almost forgetting about the thing that I was so excited to sit down to write at first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I, even I, know yeah. where that last like, thing came from. Mind, it's just. That's yeah. when your mind is like the most open. Mm hmm. I used yeah. to have an improv teacher that would be like, when you were doing something funny, he would be like, just keep screaming like the things like in the list. Like you would, he would just be like, keep going, like keep going. And then the last thing you would say would always be like the funniest thing because your mind was just like opening, opening, opening. Mm -hmm. I really believe in that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different approaches and like, I haven't read all the books about them and I've gotten some recent books. Um <laughs> that talk about it but i wonder you know like if there's a particular mo that i follow fall under i like i'm i'm kind of interested and i should read these books like someone just gave us a book i forget the name of it offhand uh but he was like raving about the book to us and so he sent it to us but then there's also like the war of art and and stuff like that like i just wonder if I were to read those, if I'd be, if I would sort of discover what my creativity right. type is for you, when you, you know, you come here, you start taking classes at UCB. Was it just like, I want to do comedy or were you like, I want to get into sketch ultimately? Like what, what was your goal? Um, I didn't really have a goal. I loved improv at first and <laughs> I <laughs> at really first. obsessed with improv. Yeah. I love improv. I still love improv, but oh. it, you know, I'm not really cut out for improv because I have really bad anxiety and oh. it's just not a good fit for me. Mm. It's not the best way for me to get my, it's not the best way for me to express myself because I like, get my thoughts out because mm. I get really in my head and I just, it makes me like very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I like, it makes me like almost like go into like really bad mental space. Mm. I can't explain it. <laughs> no, I get it took me like a really, really long time to figure that out. And like a lot of people talk about that and like how they get over that and stuff. So for a long time, I try to push past it, but ultimately I realized like it's not really worth it um, because it was making me so uncomfortable. Mm. So I, after that started getting more into things I could control more. Like um, that's why I started doing characters, uh, which I was, so bad at for, I mean not that I'm amazing at them now but I can't even tell you how bad I was when I first started why do you um, say that I just didn't ever do them <laughs> I just didn't know what I was doing um not and again not that I ama I'm amazing and I know what I'm doing now but um boy was I bad um <laughs> I mean I and, I kind of know what you mean because I was asked to do a a character piece and I just did it because I wanted to be involved and I liked the person that asked me but I was like I don't know what I'm doing I'm surrounded by people who know character work and know what they're doing with character stuff and I was like I, I'm i going to look like an idiot but I'm going to think of something and do it and it, it went over fine but I just was sort of like I, I had to get to a place where I said you know what I like it it's funny to me. I I cannot be concerned with how I'm going to come across or if anyone else is going to even get it. I just have to do it. <laughs> and that's kind of Good where I had you. to get. 
That's the one time. I mean, that's I've really done. impressive, and you obviously are a very brave and you know confident person. That's great. I'm sure it was great. Oh, wow. I don't feel. It's just oh, it's a very you. specific medium <laughs> mm-hmm. that you have no way like sketch. You've probably seen in your life, like growing up, you probably watch SNL. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some way to relate to sketch through just like pop culture or whatever. Improv, you can relate to it because it's sort of like sketch, but it's like being created in the moment. Mm-hmm. But like characters, there's it's it's like so it's such a closed loop. Like you really have to kind of like learn that specific skill set. So when yeah. you're going into it, it's like I mean, it is sketch, but it's also like. It's so like the it's so different. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah. it's weird to even. I I don't even think I could explain it well. Like it's not like stand up. It's not. It's not as easy to just say it's a sketch with one person because that doesn't right. really. That's not really what it is. Yeah, I think if if you're going, I mean, I think yeah, I've had a really hard time figuring it out, but uh, <laughs> I love it. I was I was so bad at it. When I think about it, I laugh so hard. What do you um, think those those sort of uh, a structure? What do you think the structure is to make character work work? I mean, I really think like with anything, and I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, you really have to just like do the thing you want to do a million times and be bad at it for so long before you can be, you know, any level of competent um, mm-hmm. and not even good, just like competent. So, um, yeah, for structure, like doing repetition and just trying to figure out what works with an audience and mm-hmm. what, how, and everybody is so different and like what you think is funny is different than what I think is funny. Right. So, like, finding out how to get your ideas out is, like, so different than my ideas. Like, I think that's what's so hard, because, like, you can take a class, and that's, like, helpful, but, like, only you know, like, what you think is funny. So, like, at the end of the day, like, you have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yourself. Let's get insight. I think with what I did, I ended up... (laughs) I think what I ended up writing... Like I, I have yet to put it online, um, because I need to edit it. But I feel like it's basically going to be like, oh, this maybe just was a sketch, and it was one person <laughs> instead of the three that it needed. Um, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Well, what was the premise? Um, it's a joke about um. There's a song in the '90s, an R&B song when R&B songs were really, really about, like, doing it. It, it was like, it, it, yeah, it was, like, it's like so comical how over the top yeah. this particular group was called, was it, no, it wasn't H-Town. No, maybe it wasn't. Anyway, they had a song called uh, Knockin' the Boots. And mm-hmm. then for a Christmas-themed collection, they were asked to do a song and they did knock in the boots as a Christmas song. Boy. So the sketch was like the absurdity of somebody pitching that it's not entirely original. <laughs> it's still just like, that sounds, very original. <laughs> well, that sounds like a great character. Well, thanks. That sounds like a great character to me. I just basically was speaking from the one guy in the band who was like, no, this is what we should do. 
<laughs> just kept I think that's like, so funny. Yeah, I I gave the um, tech a bad cue on uh, the last song, and the last song that plays is supposed to be the actual Christmas song, and I didn't give mm-hmm. him uh, uh, the right info to uh, play the Christmas song. And so it ended up just being the same, the like regular version of the song. So the joke wasn't as clear. Mm-hmm. And so I have to edit in right. the actual song um, to make right. it work. But uh, <laughs> you should, you can, you should just film it. You can film it. That's the perfect thing. Yeah. Direct the cam, baby. <laughs> um, Love yeah. that. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I mean, I just need to overdub the the song at the end. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to see it. I'll, now I have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll text long? you every day, every five minutes oh, until gosh. that shit's online. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but you now would you do that. for a nightmare. <laughs> How long did you stay in New York City? Um, Like seven years, six years. Okay. That's a good stretch. And did you primarily study at UCB or did you study at Pitt or Magnet at all? Um, no, I only, I also did Stella Adler. Oh, I'm also an actor. actor. Yeah. But, um, I also have shifted my career emphasis away from acting as well into directing and writing. Although I still do acting here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did some doing, like, shows a lot of, like, out there in LA. Yeah, I done like some like improv shows. Or I saw something I, again. Molly posting online. I just saw her posting you performing on stage. Uh, like shortly oh, yeah, after yeah, you yeah. moved. I mean, I do like, I do improv shows, but I remember like from my career perspective, I was doing more uh, like I would like act in like branded stuff and like. Uh, like acting jobs in New York, but now I don't audition as much because I, um, I'm just like not emphasizing my acting career as much anymore. Oh, I see. I um, see. But I do like still. I love improv, and I still, you know, I still do shows and I act and stuff. I'm just not pursuing that for like my career as much as I was mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I'm still open to those opportunities. I'm just not. Of course, as, like, yeah. I'm not auditioning like five, five times a week like I used to. Oh, sorry. My dog's about to start freaking out because the UPS guy's here, her enemy. Oh, <laughs> oh Luna. There's two Lu- enemies, the UPS guy and the mailman. I'll tell Luna I said hello. Hello. She says hello back. <laughs> I never got to meet Luna. Oh, <laughs> uh, when you come to LA, you can meet her then. I yes. have no doubt you'll be out here soon. Well, who knows? You know, with all this, <laughs> who knows what June holds? <laughs> right. How did you meet Molly? We've mentioned her a few times. Like, how did you two meet? Was it through yeah. UCB? Yeah, so um, I don't know if everybody that listens to your podcast knows who Molly is. Well, she's is. been on Molly before, previous friend. guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually told her I was doing this, and she said to say hello. Oh, hey, Molly. She is best friend. Yes, she's an improviser, very funny writer. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We met doing a ASP at UCB called The Concrete Jungle. Okay. Which was a improv class for people that were from New York or from the New York area. So I'm from Long Island and she's from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So it was like a form based on like, like you would like meet on the subway or like meet 
in like a New York, like usually meet at the museum or something like mm-hmm. something that would happen in New York. And then like you would like do like a montage based on like that source scene. Okay. And that was like two or three years ago. And then we were just like, we literally became best friends. And then we have been inseparable ever since then. Oh, yeah. You would think you two had known each other your whole lives uh, because, I mean, well, you, you share mannerisms. Very, very similar yeah, yeah. Because yes. <laughs> certain things you're saying, I'm like, oh, she kind of sounds like Molly. Uh, like just the way you yeah. talk. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We miss Molly. Oh, yeah. So you two started performing uh, and doing shows together. You've done, you've put on some other shows here. Didn't you have a a regular show that you were co-hosting here? Yeah, I had a running show at the Magnet called Fly Girls, which was a uh, yeah. all-female sketch variety show. Yes. And, uh, which Megan Gray was nice enough to let us put on, who <laughs> was a goat, greatest of all time. Oh, for sure. AD of the Magnet, love yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she I saw a rocked. lot of that online, and... Um, it's awesome that you got to do that's that. now uh, in the in the works to become a public access show in new york we're in the process of editing it oh that's awesome yeah. i didn't know that i didn't know that so talk about that process like you know how it became a show or like what the the idea or approach behind the show was and then how do you make it into a different medium how do you turn it into a different medium um, when I first started doing characters, uh, Nani Mendez, who I don't know if you know her. Yeah, I do. Uh, she's a mod actor and was on Characters Welcome in New York. Um, asked me and a bunch of other ladies, including Lita Darmian, who's also a mod actor mm-hmm. uh, in New York, know. to Wonderful. be on a uh, reckless uh, show where like you would like do a bunch of characters and then ultimately... like. It was like a competition, and like whoever did the best characters would win. And our team lost, <laughs> but we had such a fun time working together that we were like, me, Lita, and Nani were like, we should do a show together. And we, you know, there's not enough women doing, you know, written stuff in New York, so let's make a show where it's like only written stuff, so like sketch character stand up at Reckless. Um, and then we put together Fly Girls, and then when Reckless went down, Magnet uh, saved us because we love Magnet and uh, gave us a home. And then we started doing these sketch fests where we would have women submit sketches and then we would like mount them as a sketch show. And then from the sketch fest, uh, this guy approached us from m M&M and was like, we should make this into a public access show. Um, and a whole bunch of stuff ensued. And we basically ended up having a show that E.A. Moss produced, um, directed by Georgie Eldico. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's written by like a bunch of like really awesome women um, and acted by a bunch of really awesome women. And it's all sketches and it's very cool. And I think it's going to be awesome. That's great. Congratulations. Yes, yeah, I'm excited about it. Thank you. Yeah, sort of buried the lead there. I didn't know that was <laughs> in the works. I accidentally only now. Yeah. Very very fun. What are you looking to get into now? Like I know you mentioned uh, directing and writing. 
what sort of direction are you trying to go with that? Is it online sketches or short films? Like, what are you thinking? I don't mean it the um, way that sounds. Yeah, like, so what are you my, thinking um, that you're going to do? I didn't mean it that way, but. <laughs> no, I didn't take it that way. My <laughs> job for the past, um, whatever, how long I've been working at my job, has been um, writing and directing branded content. Mm-hmm. So I've made, like, a bunch of ads for, like, Coke and um, what else? GameStop. Mm-hmm. Can you hear oh, me? Yes. No, no, I said I love Coke. Uh and, uh, and GameStop school. That's yeah. cool that you got the I work. drank so much Coke. I got so much Coke from the shoot that I was like drinking it for like, and I love Coke and I only ever let myself have Diet Coke and I really got on a bad, bad spree after that. I was like drinking regular <laughs> Coke like all day long. Um, yeah. So I love directing um, and I love writing. So I want to, you know, direct something like a commercial or an episode of television. Um, and I would also ideally like eventually like to get on staff for a television show as a writer. Those are all things that I would like to accomplish at some point in the future. Cool. And is the plan to stay out in LA? I mean, I guess it makes sense for your pursuits. Yeah. Those are, that's definitely my home now. Yeah. Well, New York City misses you. Thank you. I miss it, sort of. Miss you, <laughs> but I don't really miss the city. <laughs> yeah, I Gotta mean, be honest on that one. you know, the weather's better out there, and uh, you know, you can just drive your car. You don't have to take the subway. Like, there's certain things that are definitely. <laughs> If you if you leave here, you're not gonna miss. And yeah. there's such big parts of being here. The lifestyle <laughs> stuff is definitely a little better and easier in LA. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, well, that's cool. That I mean, some people they, I mean, obviously there are people who don't jibe well with New York, and then also there are people who go out to LA and they're like, oh, I hate it here, and they and they leave and come back to New York or wherever. Um, so it's good that it's it's you know. I don't know how many people I've heard kind of like it, like both and be able to stay here for years and there for years. But uh, a lot of people do it and in some cases begrudgingly, but it's good that you're able to fit in there. Yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, on Long Island. I grew up going into the city a lot on weekends, but I never really was like a person that was like, I'm dying to move to New York city. I sort of just Mm -hmm. moved there because it was, you know, the next thing that I did. Yeah. Um, I I never was, like, that happy living there from a lifestyle perspective, so mm. I think I was really ready to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm more of, like, a suburbs kind of, like, living. I like to, like, put my groceries in the trunk and then, like, <laughs> you know, have my sunglasses in the car and, like, drive around, like, listening to, like, Disney songs. Like, I'm very, like... <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I'm like basically a mom with no kids. <laughs> um, I didn't know you loved Disney so much. Well, no, I kind of knew because you taken a. I did know that because you've taken so many trips there, but I I didn't um, think about you listening to the music so much. Yes, I love Disney so much. Oh my gosh! I was I was listening to it all this morning. <laughs> love it. What's your favorite Disney um, music? 
Like uh, I guess. Oh, I can't. I can't pick it. You can't pick based one. Based on my mood. <laughs> no, no, no. What's your favorite? I don't listen enough to have a favorite. I didn't like. I I've never disliked Disney, uh, and I never uh, tried to shy away from it at all. It, I can't think of any time where I was like, "No, that's for kids." I was never like that about Disney. I enjoyed uh-huh. going to Disney World the times that I went and to Disneyland, and I think it's great. But for whatever strange reason, I never really saw much outside of Lion King or Aladdin. I, I don't think it's strange. I think what I what I'm I'm the strange one, so I wouldn't I really wouldn't really too much. I don't know. It. Honestly, it seems like everyone I know has seen every Disney movie and I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> I've seen Aladdin. Well you got Disney Plus yeah, Disney uh, yeah. Plus and plenty of time. So it might be this might be a good time to catch up. It might be, yeah, because I, I feel like Little Mermaid is something I should see. I've seen only parts of it. Yeah. And I've not seen Mulan Maybe. and I've heard it's so good. I've made mistakes. <laughs> not made seeing mistakes. these things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like. I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I did really like the music in Aladdin, so I guess I could say that's my favorite. But it feels like a cheap answer since I don't have a no, lot of exposure to the music. Aladdin, Aladdin is a very good one. It's classic. One thing that I want to learn from you is your stage presence. It's clear now why you have it. It's because of your acting background. But do you have a conscious approach to having presence on stage? And I know you were talking about having anxiety when you do improv. Is that something that is not there at all when you do scripted work? Or is it just there a little bit? Like, how is that for you? And how does your Um, presence come through? My anxiety affects my stage presence when I do improv. And it affects my ability to... um, like do the work. So that's why I try not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for scripted stuff, um, yeah, generally like I try to be as prepared as possible. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really practice my lines mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and I memorize them as far in advance as possible. Mm-hmm. I know that's like such a nerve answer, but I really find that like as long as you can have them in your brain, it just makes you able to be like more creative because you just like your body gets like more comfortable with it. I just learned that from Beyond Boogie, mm-hmm. um, Boogie Manja. Yeah, that's a big uh, sketch like, crew here. Yeah, I was on Boogie Manja for like a, a year, and through that process, I learned like if I had the lines sort of partially memorized for the first rehearsal, I just have, would always have like such a better show. Mm-hmm. So I just have more time to like more if i if i like had more rehearsals off book i would just be like you would find like more fun things like mm-hmm. you just had more time to like play with it because you wouldn't yeah. be like holding the thing like reading the whole time right i don't know that's like a big part of it for me um, i totally agree yeah that's i think what i like about about like scripted stuff too when you can really work with it and know it so well that you can't get yeah. it wrong then you can have a little, right. you, you can find so many more avenues, like you're saying, like you, you can have more fun with it. And you can also, I think it also helps you tap into, oh, wait a second. What if I try it this way? It, it's a whole new understanding now. But like, if you're still just trying to know what the words are, you can't really get there. Right. Yeah. Because you're like not 
you're just focusing on like other things rather than being present in the moment, which sounds so like gross. <laughs> yeah. Say, but it's true. It's totally true. Um, yeah. It is one of those things. It's like, I don't like saying in the moment either, but like being, yeah. you know, being present is sort of really necessary for good work. Yeah. And the less you have a grasp on uh, what's going on, the the less present you can be. And I feel like there yeah, are a lot of shows that people can see, like live sketch shows, where it's more like it seems like the entertainment value is how well these people memorize their lines or or just like got through the lines. <laughs> like, oh, you got them all out right. this time. Like, but that's not why we're watching shows. You know, we're, we want to see right. the story that's trying to be told, and you cannot tell the story efficiently and, or well if you don't have the lines well. Right. No, I completely agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah. And for stage presence, like, I don't know. I, I just, I guess, try to pretend like you're confident, even if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is such a common thing I've heard, too. It's just like, oh, well, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I feel like it's helpful for me to remember, like, even though you spend like the whole day and maybe the day before thinking about this moment, but the people in the audience is like truly just one little part of their day that they don't even care about. So it's like, <laughs> not that big a deal. Yeah. That always helps me. Or yeah. also actually really helpful, especially if you have a lot of lines in a show. I always think about how like Broadway people have so many lines to remember. That helps me so mm-hmm. much. I think about that all the time. <laughs> like in that, well, they memorize them, so I can memorize less. Yeah, I think about like Mandy Patinkin doing like a one-man <laughs> show, and I'm like, I can definitely do this like one stupid character monologue. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. I've had that sort of thought too. Whenever there's something that I'm struggling with, especially in art, and it, it always comes back to this way I interpreted. Um, a lyric from All You Need Is Love, which was, uh, there's nothing you can do that can't be done. The way I interpreted that is anything that... I love that. Yeah, I love it too. And like, whenever I thought like, okay, yes, this might be a hard thing to do, but people are doing it. So it's not something that can't be done. It can be done. Right, it's possible. Yeah, it really sort of makes it less monumental to try to accomplish it because then you're like well people are doing it so i can too people are doing more difficult things so so can i yeah that's a really good point that's a really good way for you to approach it yeah i love that that's i always think about that Hmm. i feel like this is a good time to transition into the end of the episode where we create something together so what's something we could create together like could it be a character or like a character piece, like how how you come up with a character and present it on stage. Or maybe a show. I like the idea of doing a character. Yeah, okay, cool. When you're thinking of a character piece, like if you're asked to do a character, you know, maybe you're given a theme, maybe you're not. How do you start that process of coming up with a character from scratch? I always start from like what I, you know, I think probably most people do this is what I find is funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, the last thing I wrote was, like, I, I posted this on my Instagram, so maybe you saw it, but, like, I wrote a character that was, like, 
Or do you want me to do like a totally new one? Or do you want me to explain? <laughs> no, you can talk about this. We could because uh, is this the character? Oh gosh, what I'm I'm blanking on the specific reference that you made. You would be better at explaining this character. I, I posted like a million things on my Instagram, so you're probably not knowing which exactly what I was going to reference. And also, this sketch was like seven minutes long, so there's like a hundred things going on in it. So you're anyway. I <laughs> wrote a sketch about a woman. Everybody was talking about how they were like concerned about um, security hacks with Zoom. Uh huh. Um, and like people were. Gonna porn they were like bombing zoom with like porn uh-huh and i was like i've been like really like lonely during quarantine as like most people i think are mm-hmm. and i thought it was like funny that i thought it would be funny to see a person that was like lonely during quarantine and wanted company and like wanted somebody to bomb them <laughs> um because they wanted to like either talk to somebody or they wanted to like see porn um, so I wrote. <laughs> I think I am thinking I, I of a different thing you did. Yeah, I've been. I, I mean, I've been posting like a lot of really weird things. So, <laughs> there was something really funny you posted. Okay, we'll talk about this. Um, um, this one. <laughs> well, I, I, so I, I wrote a sketch about a person that was like wanting to get porn zoom bombed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the one I yeah, saw so was the I Jurassic Park start. one. Oh, I didn't write that one. Okay. That was my, my friend wrote that. Okay, um, okay. Georgie Aldico, who's an amazing writer. She's a very, very talented writer. But, yeah, I always start from, like, so, like, I would, like, laugh. If I hear something that, like, makes me laugh, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe there's something in there that I would want to write. Okay. That's great. I think that's a great idea for people to do. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever could have thought of, oh, this person's alone <laughs> at home and heard about Zoom bombing and desperately wants somebody to you, Zoom okay, bomb them. What's, like, the last thing that you heard of that, like, made you laugh? Oh, gosh. Can you think of something? Well, this was something I thought was funny. A friend of mine <laughs> was talking about... <laughs> this might be a little controversial, but he was talking about okay. um, how stupid he thinks the whole, like, pandemic thing is. And he was saying it's totally bogus and, and ridiculous to give this any credence. And somebody said, oh, I don't think so. Said some disparaging things about him and then said, like, you know, it makes you think. And he was like, it does make you think. It makes me think that you're stupid. And I, that just tickled me because I'm like, it doesn't make you think if somebody says something that is completely uncorroborated and, and then somebody lays out facts and says like, this is why this isn't true. It's not a good defense to be like, well, it makes you think. It's like, no, the only thing that makes you think is that only thing that makes anyone think is that you're stupid, that you believe it even in the face of facts. <laughs> I love that. I think that's a, that's definitely a character. Like, um, a person who... And, like, I think you can make the specifics. Like, I would probably not write a sketch about... I just, like, it's not my sensibility or level of interest right now to write a sketch that's, like, deeply specific about things that are happening with the coronavirus just because right. I'm, like, so tired of it. Yeah, I would same. probably make it about something else. Like, I don't know, something really... Like, a weirder conspiracy theory that's, like... <laughs> I don't know, like, people are living in our walls. Like, something very insane. And then 
have another person be like, here's 10 reasons why people are not living in our walls. Like a very like grounded <laughs> voice of reason uh-huh. character. And then every time that person comes up with a reason why that's not true, that person will just be like, well, this is your son. Uh, uh, the only thing that makes me think is that you're stupid. Or it does make me think. Yeah, like you just <laughs> it makes me think you're stupid. Yeah. He's like, You're you're stupid basically. Like the person's obviously like a very, very smart person. He's like he just won't like listen to anything that they say. Like he just shuts them out, even though they're like being very reasonable. And then I think it doesn't just stay to the person in the walls, like he has multiple conspiracies like about like my coffee is actually like something out like it's coca-cola because of xyz like i don't know that's what i that's how i would do it i would like that approach too because it's sort of hard i mean like if you're making fun of something you kind of have to exaggerate it to for it to really hit i think comedically and so when you do make it just directly like well someone believes that this pandemic is actually something the government has planned um like that's a little too, and I hate the phrase on the nose, uh, because like yeah. you know that's what we're going through right now. It's hard to make that. It's hard to go absurd with that because it's already right. absurd. So making yeah. it something else. Plus, I just like I guess you're making fun of bad human behavior. That's what we're trying to lampoon. Yeah, you could just have like the first, truly like three lines of the sketch be like. The person just established that the person believes in the pandemic, and then you're like satirizing that kind of a person, mm-hmm. and not make it be about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty funny way in. Yeah. Um. Without making a sketch about it, just like to be like, this is like <laughs> about this sort of tangentially. That's like a funny way to do it. I like it. There it is. Thanks so much okay. for being on the podcast, yeah. Meredith. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. That was so fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you want to know more about Meredith, you can follow her on Twitter at M-E-R-E-I-P. You can also go to her website, MeredithPaul.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at There It Is Pod. And follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Far Picks. And you can also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter. Links to all of this in the bio. And also, listen, things are not back to normal. Keep up the good fight for trans rights and LGBTQ in general rights and Black Lives rights. Keep up the good fight. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.